Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Easter week, Passover week. We have a convergence of Good Friday and Passover this week. So uh, we're in a significant timing thing. And what more powerful time than to really focus on the prophetic, because that's how God guides us through the Red Sea. This is the 6 a.m. journey time, discipleship time for watchmen. It's April 11th, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And for us around the world, it's morning, afternoon, or evening. <laughs> and so we're having a continuation of our School of the Prophets, Transitioning for the Future, and our teacher is Shirley Momberg from Cape Town, South Africa. We welcome you, Shirley. I'm wondering if we could get somebody to pray for her. Hannah, you popped on early, so I'm going to just point to you, Hannah. What a privilege. Thank you. Abba, we just turn our hearts to this hour together. Father, these hours race by so quickly. I pray you give us such an attentiveness in the spirit, Lord. Cause all our spiritual senses to be on high alert right now. Father, Shirley carries so much. And for me, it's rare to see such a teaching anointing uh, on a prophetic person. So, Father, we have a rare gem in our midst here, and we just want to draw on everything that you have given her, Lord, that you want released onto the global watch wall. Father, we thank you for rich times like this. We pray that everything that we learn, everything that we take in, everything that transforms us is to your honor and glory, Father. We are kingdom-minded now, and we just want to lift you high, to exalt you, to honor you, Father, with our lives, everything that we say and do and pray, all for Yeshua's sake. Amen. Amen. In honor of the timing of this week, we've got a little worship song just to open up. I found one with Joshua Aaron and uh, Sheila Benalad right outside the garden tomb singing We Exalt Thee. I thought well, this is really appropriate for this week. <laughs> so here we go. Sit back. Let's get our hearts and minds settled on what's ahead for this hour. And here we go. Okay, Shirley, you're on. Good morning, everybody. I just want to share a screen with you. It is so wonderful to be with you. So I just want to say welcome to week two of our transitioning series. And I'd like to open up in prayer for this particular session. Father God, ever Father, I come before you now. In the precious name of Jesus. And I ask for your blessing and anointing as we continue with this series. Lord, we want to acknowledge you. And we want to say that our eyes, our ears, and our hearts are open to what you are saying to us, Lord. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Enlighten the eyes of our imagination to understand and experience the full revelation of the hope of your calling in this now season. Let these words bring life 
freedom and courage to step into all that you have for us. Let no man get the glory. The glory is yours and yours alone. As we submit in humility to your perfect will and plan in Jesus' name. Uh, it just gets me every time. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, right, let's get going. Let's start. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do a quick recap. This series is an excerpt from my doctoral dissertation titled Prophecy Matters, the importance of prophecy and hearing the voice of God in the world today. You will see my name on the slides because of copyright. The material belongs to the university, but I am allowed to release it in book form, which I'm hoping to do, and Susan's invitation to teach this series is helping me to do that. So thank you, Susan. We'll see how and where this goes so much. Thank you. So we have embarked on a journey of transitioning from a prophecy received to prophecy fulfilled. And the question is, how do we transition? We transition through activating, processing and stewarding a prophetic lifestyle. And to activate something is to start it off, trigger it, it, trigger it or set it in motion. The definition of prophetic processing is a process to dissect the parts and pieces of a prophetic word to understand what the Lord is saying about us, what he has given to us and the steps we need to take to move towards the destiny he has for us. By this we understand that prophetic words initially act as blueprints in gathering resources and activators that set the stage for birthing the physical form of the message. Being doers of the word aligns well with the instruction in the book of James to not merely listen to the word, but be doers of the word. The prophetic is not just a joyful destination, but it is a journey. Without this, disappointments, discouragement, without this insight, disappointments, discouragement, and hope deferred can easily set in. Personal prophecy, whether an internal prophetic sense or a word received from someone else, comes with a call to rise up into the fullness of our calling and destiny. We looked at 11 reasons that individuals, communities and churches could be unresponsive or indifferent to prophecy. Number one, they don't believe or understand prophecy. Number two, they weren't exposed to prophecy or had very limited exposure. Some may not have received a personal prophetic word. Number three, they don't have a revelation of the value of prophecy. Number four, those who have been hurt by a prophetic word or hurt by a person in the prophetic. Number five, the delay has been so long 
that hope deferred has or is making the heart sick. Number six, those disappointed by prophecy. Things didn't work out the way they had hoped. Seven, those who no longer have a need for prophecy. Needs that are met, there is that saying, needs that are met, no longer motivate. Eight, there are times we find ourselves in a season of hiddenness, an incubation period. Nine, the distraction of idolatry and the destruction of pride. Ten, fear of what it's going to cost. Eleven, the wilderness. Those painful character-forming times that are so necessary where it seems to last forever and we cry out to God for help or just some indication that we are on the right track. And then he responds with, you're thinking too small. <laughs> and interestingly enough, there are those who are overwhelmed by prophecy. When people receive a prophetic word, the discrepancy between what the Lord is speaking over them and their reality can sometimes momentarily cause them to pull back because it doesn't align with their reality. They could dismiss or reject the prophetic word because they have several words over them and they start to feel the weight of potential. Sometimes they aren't able to integrate it and they aren't able to bring their belief system into alignment. Unpacking that, we find ourselves at the first of our seven C's. C number one represents the word consider, where we will explore discerning, judging and testing prophecies. It is not enough to receive a prophecy. There is a proper response to seeing its fulfillment. The first step to properly discern revelation is to weigh, judge and test the words. Anything contrary to the written word of God or the character and nature of God is obviously discarded. The Bible as the perfect revelation of Jesus and the infallible word of God is the absolute standard for weighing and assessing all revelation. And the scriptures that are key here are John 1, 1 to 2 and John 1, 14. We discard anything contrary to the written word of God, as we see in 2 Timothy 3, 16. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. The benefit of recording a prophetic word is that they can be compared to find agreement 
after receiving several prophecies. Typically, some of the same thoughts and words appear in different prophecies from individuals who are not familiar with what was previously said. And this agreement helps us realize that they must surely be the word of the Lord because they are being confirmed in the mouth of several witnesses. Knowing that we must record, read, and meditate upon the tested prophetic word helps restrain us from making any significant decisions or drawing any conclusions about what it means. According to Bill Hammond, when receiving a prophetic word, it is best to listen attentively and prayerfully reserving all final judgments for later when we have the prophecy before us in written form. According to 1 Corinthians 39, we know in part and we prophesy in part because our knowledge is partial, fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. So we want to take note of the source. Who spoke the word? What were the circumstances in which the word was delivered? How well does the word resonate with our spirit? And does it line up with scripture? The instruction in 1 Corinthians 14, 29 is clear. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. The Passion Translation describes it this way. Let two or three prophets prophesy and let the other prophets carefully evaluate and discern what is being said. This passage highlights that judging, examining and testing prophecy should be done in the company of loved ones and leaders, not alone. Judging prophecy is a team sport. Unless blatantly false, prophecies that do not make sense or seem impossible must not necessarily be shelved, but prayerfully weighed and submitted to trusted friends and spiritual leaders. It is helpful to remember that we know and see in part, and that we prophesy in part, and that the prophecy fulfilled due date, maybe for a time yet to come. According to noted theologian and Professor Wayne Grudem, also responsible for the ESV Bible translation, most prophecy in, is human words reporting something that God brings to mind. The Spirit conveys to our mind thoughts we communicate in contemporary language. They are a mixture of God's words and man's words that combine divine inspiration with the human process. Although it is possible to speak 100% accurate words from God, prophecy is often a mixture. In either case, we are called to weigh what is said by testing everything yet holding fast to what is good without despising prophecy. 
Some believers have found that it is not always easy to discern God's intention and the proper application for the spoken words when he speaks through others. So while the gift of prophecy supplies access to God's plans and purposes, the testing of prophecies is advised. As we see in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Let's examine these scriptures in more detail. This is going to sound quite harsh, what I'm going to present here, but this is from research from the scriptures that I am bringing to you. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. What does that mean? It means never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Do not suppress, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And don't stifle those who have a word from God. Verse 20, do not despise prophecies. What does that mean? It means do not scorn gifts of prophecy, prophecies, spoken revelations. Do not utterly reject the gifts and utterances of the prophets. And do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. Don't downplay prophecies. Verse 21, test all things, hold fast what is good. This means to be faithful, to test and examine all things carefully by putting them to the test. So you can recognize what is good. The Amplified Classic says until you can recognize what is good. And afterward, cling to, hold firmly, tightly to that which is good, to what has proven to be right. And then verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. In whatever form or whatever kind it may be, withdraw and keep away from it. Asking God to bring confirmation is not testing God. This is inviting him to give clarity. Two or three confirmations over primary life directions and decisions are essential. We read in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Hebrews 5, 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, solid food is for the spiritually mature, whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. Three practical insights we glean from this are, 
One, do not, now you must just really hear this with your spirit. Do not judge your prophecy by the existence or absence of a sense of anointing. And I'm also speaking to those prophetic voices that are listening. Do not judge the prophecy that you give by the existence or absence of a sense of anointing. Number two, never compare yourself to other people's prophetic words or their prophetic gifting or their voice. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, In your strength, uh, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. And three, do not stop believing. Never stop using or growing in your prophetic gift. Your ability to discern God's voice will grow as you simply sharpen your senses through constant practice. In summary, we test a prophecy by asking, does it line up with scripture? Does it bear witness with your spirit? Does it draw you towards or away from God? And the person delivering the message, are they accountable to leadership in their life? Once the prophecies have been weighed and established as true words from God, the next step is to transcribe them. We choose one that we feel is the now word of the Lord for us. The one in which we most resonate with in this season. Processing prophetic words will help a believer to see their purpose and destiny more clearly from a heavenly perspective. The two important questions in the kingdom of God are, who do you say that Jesus is? And who does Jesus say that you are? The truest thing about you in the universe is what God says. The goal is not to be externally or internally defined, but to be eternally defined. Who does God say that you are? So suggested preparation for this week was to find a recent prophetic word, to write it out, to select a paragraph and to pray about it. And if you don't have one or can't make up your mind which one to use, I said that I'm going to speak a prophetic word over you and you are welcome to use that one and I have transcribed it for you. There are several methods out there, but I've selected two to show you. The first being very simple for those who do not have the time and the latter, which we will do next week, being more complex for those who have the time and want to go deeper. So here is an outline of several steps to process our prophecies. Number one, you may want to write this down. Circle 
any words that refer to who God says you are. This will help clarify your identity. Number two, underline any promises in this word that you feel God is making to you. Three, write out any conditions or requirements that the prophetic word is asking you to fulfill. Four, highlight any words or phrases that indicate timing or seasons. And five, if there are words, ideas or themes that are repeated, write them down and ask, are there any themes that stand out? Now that you have more clarity about the everything in your prophetic journal, then or your journal, <laughs> then make enough time today and every day for the next week to pray and decree this prophetic word into existence. And you can do the same exercise with every prophetic word that you receive from God. When the word is fulfilled, praise God for it and write what God did under each of your prophetic words. And that will become a lifestyle of testimonies of the great works that God is doing in your life. So here is the prophetic word. I am going to... I'm going to go back to that one because I'd really like for you, I'm going to send this to you, but I'd really like for you to hear this from your heart. So let me just get that up here. Oh, you know what? It's okay. It's fine. We'll just do it from here. So I'm going to share this prophetic word with you. This word will be made available to you. As I said, we'll pop it into the journey signal group. And there will be an assignment based on it. Not this word only. It could be your word, that paragraph that you have selected. Listen, please, as if the Lord were speaking directly to your heart. There is someone here today that has wondered about the next steps of their life. Again, this is very specific you really wondered about how God is going to use you, just the totality of your experience up till now into your future. And you've tried to define your future by your past. It's amazing what he's done in your life before, but there is something different he has for you. And that has been the wrestle because you're trying to link it back into what he has done in your past. And I feel the Lord saying, my child, I want you to know that I am a God of new things. And it took a lot for you to trust me for what you have. Now you're standing before that gate again, trusting me for something new. But am I not the God who has provided for you before? Will I not be able to provide for you again? 
I've even created you to be apostolic, to do things new and break open new ground. Now trust my hand upon you, my child. I will make it happen with you. I feel like the Lord is saying you are not walking alone. He is leading you. He's not punishing you. He's not pushing you. He's not angry with you. He's just simply walking with you and leading you. You can trust him. He knows what he is doing. God has anointed and appointed you. He has enabled, established, and commissioned you. You are chosen of God, always, and dearly loved by Him. As you are sealed in Him, so you are robed with His love, His kindness, and His goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Sure. So far on our epic journey of, journey of transitioning, we have covered the first C, which represents the word consider. And we discussed that there is an appropriate response to seeing the fulfillment of a prophetic word. Next week, we will look at our second C, which represents the word categorize. And we will do the second method where we will identify, sort and interpret revelation in the form of prophetic words. And I would just like to speak the scripture over you. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for this word. I just thank you for today. I just thank you that this word is sealed in our heart, Lord. I thank you for the fruit, the fruit that will come from this, Lord, that we will bear much fruit, Father, giving you all the honor and glory and stepping into all, Lord, that you have for us. In Jesus' name.